listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. The Rangers win again and we'll talk some NBA as the season continues tomorrow here on ESPN New York Tonight. We're talking to you at 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, that's the number to join us on this Wednesday evening edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Abbreviated edition, but we got time to talk to you. 1-800-919-3776. Along with the J&J connection of Giselle and Joel, we're here until midnight when there's Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I tell you something. I don't know how often the moms make the trip on the road, but I think the moms need to go on the road more often with the Rangers, especially with the way they performed tonight in that third period, huh? They scored five times in the third. They beat Chicago 6-3, and Don LaGreca, as he always does, did a fabulous job in the postgame of letting you know that, hey, guess what? This Ranger team still has an outside shot at the playoffs. And if you're a Ranger fan, you're a little concerned, and here's why you're concerned, because you're not sure, as I'm sure management isn't really definitely positive on which way they should go as the trade deadline comes along, right? Because obviously Kreider has been mentioned and, you know, not that there's been a whole lot of conversation for the King Hendrick Lundquist, but you never know as you get closer to the trade deadline. What do you do? Do you pull the trigger on the trade thinking that, you know, you're not going to make the playoffs? Or when you when your team is playing as well as they've played, winning five of their last six over the past couple of weeks, and you kind of want to keep that team together. You kind of want to keep that chemistry rolling. It's a young crew that's finding their way, learning how to win. You got some veterans in there as well. Do you really want to break up the team? It's an interesting scenario for John Davidson and the crew in Rangers management. But once again, they're playing very well. And the way that uh, the two goalies are playing right now, how can Henrik Lundqvist even think about getting in between the pipes? Why would you break that momentum? Listen, you, you love him. You love what he's brought to the table. You love what he's done in the past here. But I'm telling you, and you can't play him right now. You just can't. There's no room for him. There isn't. But it's a great game for the Rangers tonight, especially in that third period where they just exploded. 1-800-919-3776. couple of things. We have our Twitter poll of the day that you can participate in. At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And there's been a lot of talk about the Nick head coaching job of late. And obviously, from the phone calls that we've had here, most of you just love Mark Jackson, and I'm in that fan club as well. I would love for Mark Jackson to be the next head coach of the Knicks. I would. I think he would do an unbelievable job. But recently, with the new stuff happening at the Garden, with a new president of basketball ops and the new promo guy and the new look of the garden and all this other stuff that's going on over there. Tom Thibodeau's name has come streaking to the forefront. Now there's been some college guys that have come up, but you knew this is not the job. If you're a college, if you're a college coach, okay, you don't leave college to come to the garden for this job. I just don't think you do. There's too much to be done. So I, you know, when I saw, you know, 
comments about Kentucky and comments about Villanova. No, no, no. Those guys aren't coming here. They, they, listen, they would, t- they would almost take a pay cut to come here <laughs> because of all the props and all the, all the benefits and all the stuff they have. And most importantly, the control that they have where they are. So obviously Tom Thibodeau's name comes up and he is one that has really, really wanted to be head coach of the Knicks. I mean, he's talked about it. He campaigned, okay, for this earlier before the Knicks made the other change. Okay, he wanted the job then. So, once again, his name comes to the front because of his relationship with Rose and, you know, CAA and so on and so forth. But obviously... Jeff Van Gundy is the one that people love because Jeff Van Gundy is the guy who's been here. Jeff Van Gundy is the guy who's had success here. And and fans have faith that Jeff Van Gundy will make his team play hard. He will make them play defense, and he will do a nice job. So our Twitter poll question, once again, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, who would be the better coach to handle the tough job of rebuilding, developing young talent, and making the Knicks an option for free agents. Would it be Tom Thibodeau or would it be Jeff Van Gundy? So make sure you weigh in on Twitter. You can also weigh in live at 1-800-919-3776. We'll get your calls there. Uh, also, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to share with you, and we talked a little bit about it last night, but I'm going to share with you some comments that Quentin Richardson made on the Michael K. show yesterday about how... Uh, why players don't want to play for the Knicks, his opinion. Uh, thinking about the media has an atmosphere because we kind of urge you fans to take a negative standpoint and take a negative turn towards guys who are on the court. And he has an interesting take on the owner, James Dolan, as well. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Yeah. It's ESPN in New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Getting your thoughts on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Who would be the better coach to handle the tough job of rebuilding, developing young talent, and making the Knicks an option for free agents? Would it be Tom Thibodeau or would it be Jeff Van Gundy? The reason why, before I get to the phones, the reason why I left out Mark Jackson is because I know that everybody wants Mark Jackson to have that coaching job. So I'm moving him aside. Act as, act for, for the, for the benefit of the poll, act as if Mark Jackson said no. I don't want the job. So you have these two guys left. And listen, we understand that Tom Thibodeau has a reputation of wearing out veterans. Okay. We understand that. But the question here is long term, long term is he, might he be the better option because you're trying to get him to help rebuild. You're trying to get him to mold young guys, understand the game, understand how to play defense, to do some things. Not saying that Jeff Van Gundy can't do that. It's not what I'm saying. But I am thinking that, you know, Van Gundy, when Van Gundy comes here, you're expecting him to win right away because that's what he's done before. You're expecting him to be the guy that's going to, okay, Jeff's here, we're good. We're going to win. Because he knows. He was here before. He knows what to do. This is not going to be a, this is not a quick fix job. Whoever gets it, 
This is a two to three, maybe four year job because it's going to take time to change the culture. It's going to take time to change the idea and, and put in a program that people are going to understand and hopefully respond to. And you still got to get better talent than what you've got. And as they win more games, okay, the fact that you've got draft choices, that means the talent of the draft choices is going to decrease because you're going to have a better record, meaning that you may not make the playoffs, but you still are not going to be in a bad position where you're not going to be number one and number two with the worst couple of records, hopefully. And so that means you're you're not going to get the same caliber of draft choice. I mean, you've seen how the uh, ping pong balls have fallen for the Knicks over the past couple of years, right? Yeah, me too. Let's go to the phones. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Larry. Larry, you've been around a long time. Oh. And you, you know, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know teams could force a, a general manager to do something he didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. This team is forcing the Ranger management not to break up this team. Especially if the Rangers win Friday night in Carolina and maybe win the Saturday game, you cannot break up this team. Can't do it. And you, ha- and you have to re-sign Kreider. And if it means the sixth or seventh year, he may not be so good, so, 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 so be it. Because right now, you put this team in the playoffs and they can win a cup. And people are saying, what are you talking about? Because they've got a hot goaltender, and you know with a hot goaltender, anything is possible. Number two, you look at this team, it's, it's, it can score, it can play defense. Ryan uh, Lindgren is a tough physical defenseman. Fox, in his first year, to me, reminds me of a Brian Leach, a young Brian Leach. And I know the Ranger management didn't want to do this, but you can't break up this team. And and you and this team is showing its heart. And remember, about a couple of months ago, we were wondering what's going to happen with the coach. Mm-hmm. Well, this coach is showing that he can coach this team down the stretch in difficult times. So, John Davidson, if you're listening, you're a form player yourself. Let the Rangers win the next two next two games and do what they have to do. Do not trade Kreider and and sign him up for long term. Bruce, are you? End. How happy are you with this team? Because clearly they are ahead of where people thought they were going to be. Even the Ranger management didn't expect them to gel this quick. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I mean, as a, as a couple of weeks ago, I was going back and forth to trade Carter, not to trade Carter, and I was willing to trade Carter. But this team showed me this team has got heart. Now, how difficult does a team um, is that shows you heart that came back from all the way back and, and, it's in, and it's in playoff position, and, and like I said, in the next couple of games, this team is going to be, what, two points behind the playoff? And don't forget, Islanders are dropping. Islanders are they're losing again tonight, the Islanders. Two nothing in the second. So, now here's a question. J.D. always had said it's about the future of this team, and he's not going to do anything short-sighted. You know J.D. better than I do. If, his, if this team is showing the way the hard day it shows, as a J.D., as a former player, is he going to listen to, this, to his heart and say, i got to stay with this team, or is he going to make the trades? That's a good one, Bruce. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. That's a good one. I, I, I think 
because he understands the role of the veteran, especially with the young kids that he's got on this team. I think he kind of leans towards, like you said, not making that deal for Kreider right now. I think he does. And that's a tough thing because right now he is worth as much as he's going to be worth. And he's a free agent coming up. It's hard. It's hard. But they're playing very well. You got to give them credit. They're playing well. They're playing really well. Five of their last six, they've won. And they've, they've put themselves in the position. And here's the thing. If you're a Ranger fan, they're learning how to deal with meaningful games. Okay? It's not postseason yet. We understand it. But they're fighting. And you see that they're grinding. They're, they're learning. They're not giving up. They're, they're giving effort. And there's going to be a game or two where they just, their, their youth is going to get in the way. They're going to make some dumb plays and stuff like that. It's going to happen. But listen, they're playing, they're playing good hockey right now and they're putting themselves in a position where, you know, they can make some things happen. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Doug's in Long Island. Hey, Doug, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Larry. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, partner. What's happening? Hello. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, a big Ranger fan. I'm very happy with what's going on. But, you know, to say that this team can win the Stanley Cup is we're not being honest with ourselves because Sunday you saw what a hard time. Would it, uh, and you're going to play a team like Boston in a seven-game series. We couldn't even get in front of the net. That big physical defenseman gave us a hard time. I want Kreider to stay. He's my favorite Ranger. I've been waiting years for him to play like this. I feel like... They made him an assistant captain. He feels like one of the leaders on the team. And to trade him away and then to go this summer and try and re-find him when you already have him, I just think is a huge mistake. There's got to be a way to sign him. And I want to get in the playoffs because with all this youth, let this team, even if it's only one round, let this team, let all these young guys taste the playoffs. Let them taste it for one year. But I, I, I like where they're going. And I have a lot of faith in what John Davidson's going to do. So I'll take my chances with him. I agree, I agree with you, Doug. Thanks for the phone call. And, you know, it's funny. As a Nick fan, you look, and that's what you want. If you were a Nick fan, that's what you would want. You would want your young players. You see the range of young players learning, understanding, understanding what it takes to win games. And now the crunch time and going through that experience. And, Doug, that's why you want them to get to the postseason. Because you want them to learn what that's like and take that experience and grow from that going into next season and seasons beyond. That's what you want because there's no substitute. We can sit and talk. You can watch video. We can tell you what it's like to be in the playoffs. We can tell you all that stuff. And once again, I'm not saying they're going to go, but at least they're accepting that challenge. They're saying, you know what? Let's, let's take this one game at a time and see how far we can go. Let's see what we can do. Let's surprise some people. Some people think we're done. We, we can't make it. The season's over. We're not going to make the playoffs. Let's show them. That's great. That's great. You love what they're doing right now. Just Ranger fans, sit back and enjoy the ride. See what happens. 1-800-919-3776. Yesterday, Quentin Richardson was on the Michael K show. And he was obviously talking about the situation with no free agents wanting to come to the Knicks and what the deal is with James Dolan and all this stuff. So one of the things... And we've, the fans have said it and media has said it a lot. And there's a, a, a feeling out there that players don't want to come here 
because they don't want to play for James Dolan. Well, Quentin Richardson said yesterday, Dolan is not a deterrent. I can't speak for these players, for Kevin Durant or any of the guys who have or have not come. But in my opinion, I don't, I don't feel like that's the case. I mean, when you look around, when you look around all sports, there's always some owners that, that, that you know, have whatever perception. My personal perception of, of, of Dolan isn't what everybody else is. If you look at it, Dolan, literally, he employs a lot of former guys, a lot of former players, and he, and he really is helping out in that situation. And I don't see a lot of teams. I'm not saying all, but if you look at if you really did some homework on it, I would, I would be willing to bet that he would be in, a, in the upper echelon of owners who, who has, you know, hired his former players and have, have former players working within the organization in, in, in good situations were able to provide for their family. So I don't look at it like that. For me, that, that's something that says he has a certain loyalty to his players. All right, so that's interesting. So according to Quentin Richardson, he doesn't think that James Dolan is the reason why players don't come here, in his opinion. He hasn't spoken to guys like Durant and Kyrie Irving, but he doesn't believe so. So is it how the fans react? Well, he admits that not everybody can deal with that. Some guys aren't built like that. you got to be built a certain way to be able to stand up to that, not be affected by and still go out and do your job and not lose the love for the game or, or your joy for life because some people go there and they don't have a good quality of life. He also says, well, the media has a say in this situation. We'll tackle that next. This is ESPN New York Tonight. She say, do you love me? I tell her only partly. I only love my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. 50 dub. I even got it tatted on me. 81. Just me in New York tonight. Party. And you know me. Turn up on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Twitter poll question tonight. Who would be the better coach to handle the tough job of rebuilding, developing young talent, and making the Knicks an option for free agents? I only gave you two choices because I know a number of you really like Mark Jackson, and I think that would have skewed the poll, so I purposely left him off. I gave you two choices. I gave you Jeff Van Gundy, and I gave you Tom Thibodeau. And most of you love Van Gundy, which I expected. But I think you're looking at it with immediate access. Like, you know, oh, Jeff Van Gundy, man, psh, he comes here. We definitely win it. It's over. We, we're back in the playoffs. Same year. Not so fast. Not so fast. I'm not sure. I think it would take, this is, this is not an easy, this is not going to be a quick fix. <laughs> As you can see, right? It's not going to be a quick fix. I think both of them would do a really good job in developing talent. And obviously, Thibodeau has been begging for this job after being an assistant here. I mean, you know, Thibodeau wanted this job. He was very disappointed he didn't get it when the Knicks went and hired David Fisdale. And yes, look, negativity, people were unhappy with him in Chicago, talking about Thibodeau, and, in, uh, and out west in Minnesota. But I'll say this. He got them to the postseason, and they played some serious defense. Serious defense. Both of them are excellent defensive coaches. Both of them are good coaches. But could either one of them make the Knicks an option for a free agent? What do you think? 
At Hardesty ESPN, that ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Sam's in Flatbush. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, Uncle Larry? Hey, Sam, what's happening, partner? Everything's good. Thank God. I have a couple of quick points. I think that the Knicks have to get Mark Jackson. This is why. Mark Jackson's great at developing young talent. The NBA now is not based like it used to be, where players want to go to a big market to make themselves famous. I know LeBron did that, but that's because all the young talent in LA, I know Kawhi and Paul George also did that, but that was also because they made the playoffs last year. Now, the way it works in the NBA, you saw with Golden State. First, you have to develop talent, and then more players will come, because anyone can be a star anywhere. You could be a star in Cleveland. LeBron James was the biggest star, the biggest sports star in the world in Cleveland. What is Cleveland? They're, they're like, look at them. They're, they're nothing. Look at them now. <laughs> Yeah, they're struggling. There's no question about it. And, but you know what, Sam? That speaks a lot to the fact that you need to have some other folks on your teams. And that's been the big problem here. I mean, you know, we, we talk about the, the, uh, bad times that the Knicks have had. I mean, even when Carmelo was here and, you know, people dog Carmelo, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. But, you know, you look after pairing him with Amari Stoudemire and uh, Mr. Big Shot Chauncey Billups. And when that didn't work, he was still left as the lone guy. And you need to have, as LeBron has shown you, at least two type of number one alpha players for you to win. And so, yeah, I understand what you're saying about Mark Jackson. And, yes, he did a fabulous job at drafting and at developing talent out in Golden State. They won championships there. But, you know, it, it are, are the Knicks going to be able to have the same luck that Golden State had? Because right now, They've been in the, they've been in the spot, Sam. They've, they've not made the playoffs and they've had top picks and the top picks have not produced. Yeah, Larry. Did you hear this rumor about the Beckham trade to the Jets? I actually don't think it's such a bad idea, Larry. And this is why, because I think Beckham might learn a thing or two from Antonio Brown where he might say, if he gets traded to the Jets, maybe give up a three or a number, a number three, a number, a third rounder or a first, a fourth rounder. The Jets might tell him, listen, if we drop you, you're going to end up like Antonio Brown. You're not going to be in this league anymore. I think Beckham might get scared about that and be like, oh, I might have to put my ass together, actually. Sam, let me ask you this. Are you a Jets fan, Sam? A huge Jets fan. All right. Do you think that Odell Beckham Jr. would work here with Sam Darnold, with Adam Gase, with, with the offense that, that you've seen here? I mean, look what happened last year with Le'Veon Bell. Do you think that Odell Beckham would work if he came here with the confused offense? And because you, you and I both agree that Le'Veon Bell was under you, underutilized. Yeah, Larry. But this year, I think the Jets are going to really be good, and it's going to work out because Sam Donald is proving how great he is with tight ends. This year, hopefully, we'll have two healthy tight ends, plus an increased offensive line, plus hopefully Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully, they won't trade him. Plus, if you have a diva wide receiver like Beckham, he never really had a diva. Robbie Anderson's not a great wide receiver. And as and Donald, we saw the throws he made last year to crowd in the corner end zone against Baltimore. He has that ability to put balls in there where Beckham could make could just be ghosting out and loving it. Listen, Sam, thanks for the phone call, my friend. I, I have no doubt that Odell Beckham Jr.'s talent would be excellent for this Jet team. No doubt. I'm just not sure that this team is ready for him right now. A. B, does Cleveland really want to get rid of him so soon? Doesn't Cleveland want to have another shot with their new head coach to see what they can do with him in this scenario? It's It's an interesting thought. OBJ returns to the Big Apple. Can can this team 
deal with the distractions that sometimes follow him, not all by his own doing? Can they? I don't know. I don't know. Can that young team, are the veterans strong enough on that team to make sure that whatever Adam Gase is trying to, the the, the uh, marching orders that Adam Gase has given out that can be withheld in that locker room? I don't know. I don't know. Quentin Richardson, as I mentioned, was on the Michael K show yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the New York media and their role in possibly keeping free agents from coming to the Big Apple. The fans, I mean, they see what they see on the court, but I mean, a lot of the stuff that that, that happens is that perpetuates fans to, you know, really be on guys and stuff like that is some of the stories and some of the things that come out in the media, especially during the times when I was there. I mean, it, like I said, I would never mention anybody's names and things like that, but it was, I had teammates that they didn't want anything to do with going out to dinner or going out and like, you know, enjoying New York because they knew that people would get up and say something. I mean, you got to think about it. If you get a big contract in New York, I've had teammates where if they get hurt or they aren't playing or they're not, you know, getting the playing time or whatever the, for whatever the scenario, they, the fans feel like they're not living up to the uh, expectations. We've seen people's contracts on the back page of the Daily News or the Post were, like, broken down into how many points per minute they played and how much money they've made and all of this stuff. And it's, guys don't want to go through that. I hear you, Q, and I understand that. But for me, it's about if you perform, if you do your best, even if you don't win, and obviously it's about winning, but if you give your all and you perform well, this is a very forgiving fan base. This is a fan base that roots for players who leave it on the court. This is a fan base who is dying for winning. This is a fan base who would just, just want even the, even the guys that that's on this team now. Look at the response that they get from the fans when they go out and hustle and play as hard as they can. We understand what the talent is on this squad. And so the real thing here is that today's free agent athlete in the NBA wants to be able to come to a situation where they are the finishing product, not the foundation. They want to come where the foundation is already set. And what they do is they provide the topping. They are the piece that puts you over the top. That's what today's athlete wants. And, you know, say say what you want about Amari Stoudemire, say what you want about Carmelo Anthony. But of late, those were the guys who said, you know what, I'll take on that challenge of playing in the Big Apple. And like Quentin Richardson, and he mentioned both. And that's where he and I agree. A lot of respect for those guys because a number of guys don't want to take that challenge. And it's sad because if you've got confidence in your game and you believe that you can make a difference and perhaps bring some other people along with you, then that's where you can make that, make this a winning situation for you. And 
your salary's not on the back page because it's, the back page is focused on the fact of the Knicks have turned it around. The Knicks are winning games. The Knicks are doing what they need to do. What a difference from the team that won 15, 16, 17 games. This is a playoff team. There'll be too much positivity to write about how the team is playing to be deal with how many points you're scoring per minute based on your salary. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Welcome back. Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. We're riding until then. Uh, in a game heard right here on 98.7, Rangers with a 6-3 win. So the Ranger fans are happy. Right now, the Islanders are trailing Colorado 2 nothing in the second in the mission. You can hear that game on our sister station, 1050. And uh, we'll see if the Islanders can come back and try to make a game of it over there. Let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Santiago is in, is in Kearney, and he's next on 98.7. Hey, Santiago. Oh, hey, thank you for taking my call. I, I'm the Knicks. Um, I don't know, but to have an NBA job, it means that you know something about basketball, right? So I don't know because I'm firmly, I'm with Dolan. I know Dolan pays a lot of money with the people that he hired. But all these scouts that the Knicks have, don't they know, they don't know nothing about basketball. How do they draft notch? How do they draft, you know, cleaner? How do they draft these players that never develop into anything? When all the all the all the other teams in the NBA, they they get players. I don't understand it. And they these people get to keep their jobs. Like Dolan, I, I never blame him for nothing because all he has to do is pay the bills, and he does. So, but these people that how do they get these jobs? I, that's never for like seven years. I've been thinking like, how do these people in the niche? can get these jobs. Well, Santiago, it's interesting. Thanks for the phone call. I do think that once, now that you've got a new president coming in, that's going to be part of his job as president of basketball ops to examine all these things. And there's probably going to be some changes in the scouting uh, department with the Knicks. That's what happens when you change at the top. Uh, I think part of it is bad drafting, but I also think, Santiago, too, the other part of it is how do you develop them once you get them? Because really, it, it's a gamble. Every draft is a crapshoot. There's no guarantee. There's very few guarantees. Okay. LeBron James is a guarantee. Shaquille O'Neal is a guarantee. There's some guarantees, but there's others who aren't. And there's some guys who are drafted lower who do well. It's because of what happens to them once they get to their team. How does the team ingratiate them? How does the team use them? How does the team, uh, you know, develop them to be better? And I think, Part of that is when you have consistency at your head coaching position, there is a scenario where everybody understands the philosophy. And when you constantly change coaches as the Knicks have had because they haven't won, it, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get that consistency. Christian's in Staten Island. Hey, Christian, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Larry? What's up, man? Not much, man. Personally, with the Knicks, I'm the thing I'm kind of, I guess, just the most annoyed about is they didn't do more at free agency to get rid of the vets that they had. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but but I do think what the, their their situation, Christian, and thanks for the phone call, was the deal of they didn't get who they thought they were going to get. So then, when they went to the other plays, you know, the other situation, you know, that's who they had to bring in. Now, as far as the trade deadline, you probably want them to get rid of more folks. But listen, you can't give folks away. All right. People did the, the best person to get the most back from was Marcus Morris. 
He was, he drew the most attention. He was playing the best. He was the guy with the best return. And that's what they did. So we'll see what happens in this offseason because you got a number of guys who got one year deals. So a lot of these guys that are here are not coming back anyway. Start your day tomorrow morning with Gordon Damer at 5 a.m., leading you into Golik and Wingo. His guests include Mike Tannenbaum and Jeff Darlington talking NFL, Andre Ward and George Foreman talking the heavyweight fight Saturday night on pay-per-view. That's Golik and Wingo. And by the way, later in the day during the Michael K show from 3 to 7, Bob Costas at 4 o'clock will weigh in on Houston and Boston and Major League Baseball. That's tomorrow here on 98.7 ESPN. Trey's in Brooklyn. Texas, and he joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. What's up, Larry? How you doing, man? So, let's just get this Quentin Richardson thing out the way real quick. It's good to finally know, after 46 years of futility, who the hell to blame. It's your fault, Larry. That's right. And it's Frank Isola's fault. Yep. And Pete Vesey's fault. Follows me on Twitter. It's all you guys' fault. I feel, hey, you guys should feel vindicated. We got the, we got the answer that we've been waiting for. So it was your fault. That's right. Don't forget one of the daily. And don't forget one of the daily papers, Trey, who's not allowed into, uh, who was excluded from garden press conferences. Don't forget them. Absolutely. Can't forget them, Larry. It's you guys' fault for missing layups. It's you guys' fault for not playing defense. It's you guys' fault for reaching. It's you guys' fault. It's you guys' fault. Man, listen, the problem is, that is, man, it's not James Dolan either. Let's get, let's get, it's not James Dolan. He's just a moron. You see what I'm saying? He, that's all he is. He's like, I was stupid. He, just let him be. Just like your uh, previous caller just said, let him cut the check and let him be. Just let him just cut the check. The problem is upper management. It's been, a, it's been in disarray for over 20 plus years. And look at the record, Larry. The record indicates exactly what's going on upstairs. It's, and look across the hall. Look across the hall, Larry. Yeah. We share a damn. We share a building with a functional organization. Yeah, that's, right. that's not a mistake. That you know what I'm saying. James Dolan's not giving them more resources than he's giving the Knicks. He's giving them the same damn resources, or, or not so much the same resources, but he's allowing them to bring in the people that they think can help. That's the problem. I, I, I love your poll tonight, but let me tell you something, Larry. Why can't we have all three? Why can't we have Mark Jackson? Jeff Van Gundy and Tibbs too. Why can't we have all three? There's no cap on that. There's no cap on that salary. Why can't we have all three? Bring them all home. That's the problem. We've been trying to look outside, and it's right in front of your face because they've gone to other places and been successful. Tibbs could come in and coach his team blindfolded because he would have them boys playing defense. You see what I'm saying? And Van Gundy would do the same thing. The, this is a this is an upper management problem, Larry. It's always been that way. And and a scouting issue as well. You see what I'm saying? Because we're not yep. scouting the right guys. We're not scouting. These are not the right people, man. We shouldn't have drafted that kid at four, but we know that that was Phil's pick. And we should have never drafted Kevin Knox because everybody in New York, plus Alan Hahn, plus you, we all said that this kid don't got the motor. Uncle Spike even said it. His feet are slow. His hands are slow. Could he possibly develop in another city? Yeah. But, man, we don't wait for two and a half years with this kid, man. We know who he is. 
Mm-hmm. He got to go, bro. And we just like you said, we couldn't give these people away at the trade deadline. We had to get something for him. Our best asset was Marcus Morris. Mook was our best asset. Hopefully we can re-sign him in the offseason. That's another story for another day. But, Larry, this is an upper management problem, man. And until you get somebody in upper management that know what the hell they're doing, this is going to continue. This is going to continue, man. It's not going to get any better no time soon. So it, until we get the, the Sean Marks of the world, I'm not saying that he's going to come. He, right. He's set. But, but those type of guy. Type of people, yeah, Sam Presti, these type of people, basketball people. I love Steve Stout. He's a great Knicks fan. But is he the answer? I don't think he's the answer. He's not going to be somebody that's going to be – he's a branding dude. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's going to help he, sell new – Here's what he is, Trey, and thanks for the phone call up against the clock. He's – part of a solution after you get things right. But for him to do the best, for him to do his best work, you have to be winning on the court. That's when the best work is done. Who would be the better coach to handle the tough job of rebuilding, developing young talent, and making the Knicks an option for free agents? 75% of you said Jeff Van Gundy. Not surprised. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.